second game winner by Giannis Antetokounmpo. What up, what up, everybody? As always, your boy Jacobs on the microphone, episode 59 of the Bucks Loop Leading Radio. I am here in really good spirits the day after the Bucks whooped the Boston Celtics ass. And I'm joined by Trey TC, the third Esquire on Twitter. You know him as the Bucks future lawyer. Trey, how's it going? <laughs> how's it going, Jacobs? We're doing, uh, doing well, doing well tonight, man. I, like you said, it's uh it's a good time to be a Bucks fan, man. Uh, you know, we're going to the Eastern Conference Finals. It's crazy, dude. Like, I honestly, I was at the game last night. Uh, we can get into that in a little bit. But, like, I just woke up in a good mood. I've been in a good mood all day. And, like, it's just, I just feel so happy. And, like, kind of just, uh, it's just amazing. I don't know. I don't even know how to put it into words, really. Yeah, no, I, yeah, I agree. Same thing. I was feeling it last night. And it was just, you know. Um, the arena was, 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 was fun. It was a good atmosphere. I was in there as well. Um, so yeah, man, I, you know, it, it, it seems surreal in, in some ways, but if, like I said, if you've been watching, you know, the, the way the season's progressed, we really shouldn't be all that surprised at what's going on because this is, this is what they've shown us. And that was, you know, that, that's, that, that's been the theme. Boston showed us what they were all series from what they were all all year and we showed what we have been all year and why that's why it's it's just uh you know it's 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 really good that uh that we went ahead and we were dominant um the end of this series as well very good point very good point i like that but before we jump into this series you know i want to hear a little bit about you um you know you're on this podcast and i love just getting a little bit of background on almost all of my guests that come on to, to hear more about how you know the bucks got introduced into their lives how long you've been a bucks fan uh, and honestly, like, what's kept you around <laughs> through the dark days of this Bucks team? Uh, and and I'm just gonna toss the ball over to you and just let you talk. But I, I you know, I'm interested to hear. Uh, so let us know. Yeah. So um, it, it hasn't it hasn't actually been as bad, which is I know Bucks fans <clears throat> probably hate me uh, some some for that because I I didn't get into the Bucks until uh, oh man probably was 2010. So I'm from originally from North Carolina. I was a I'm a Huge Carolina Panthers fan. Um, I'm a. I was a Charlotte Hornets fan uh, as a kid growing up. Um, and when the Hornets left, I can't even remember what year it was that, that they left and went to New Orleans. I just kind of got out of the NBA as far as like being a, a big NBA fan. And so um, I never really got down with the Bobcats. I mean, they came back, but you know, it, it just never. It just didn't feel the same. And um, so I, I followed Kobe a lot. Kobe was like one of my favorite players. And so, I mean, I was a de facto Lakers fan, you could say, but I was really just a Kobe guy. And, and I never really had a team. It was just as long as Kobe did well, you know, I didn't care what was going on. Um, and uh, all started my parents. Uh, when I went to undergrad at Howard University in uh, 2010, uh, my parents took that opportunity to move from North Carolina to uh, Milwaukee, Wisconsin. And, you know, of course, I'm like, you know, why would you move? to Milwaukee it's cold you know what, what what's out there and um you know it was, it was just crazy my dad you know he, he got season tickets uh, as for you know as soon as he got here and um I came up for a for a winter for a winter break this is out so it might have been 2011 because I think this is the lockout year and um yeah I, I came up for a game and you know uh for, for winter break and went to probably like three or four or five games during that span 
and you know I was I, you know I was still I was kind of following the Bucks you know throughout that uh, throughout the his, when he moved and we were talking about the Bucks, but um, but yeah I became like a, a really big fan during that year and I, I think when they went to playoffs with Brandon Jennings and we might have traded for Monte Ellis or something one of those years but uh, but no I, I I was just really you know I was really big into the Bucks and we had a lot of fun going to the games and uh, and then you know it just the fandom continued I remember. Um, you just watching them all the time, trying to get feeds in on, back in school and, uh, and and staying a fan and you know going through the fifteen win year uh, was tough as well, you know and you know but I, I was a big Jason Kidd fan when they brought Kidd in so so yeah no, I've been uh, through and through since about two thousand ten two thousand eleven and uh, so it hasn't all been all that bad I've I've seen some some playoffs I've only seen you know a couple you know really bad years but um, but yeah it's been a fun ride and and I feel for Bucks fans who have been fans for for much longer um so i feel like uh the way i've been introduced to the bucks and i've come into the bucks uh fandom um I, you know I, maybe i've brought some of the success so I'll, I'll, I'll take some credit for that <laughs> yeah there it is let's just give it all to trey he got on the bandwagon and uh so did Giannis. i think he might have had a bigger impact on the success of the team but but no, that's actually it's a really interesting story on your kind of journey. I will call it to to Bucks fandom, and I feel like you're going to start hearing that a bit more, especially now that they've gotten so much better, become an international brand, um, and going to the Eastern Conference Finals and have a solid chance of of having an NBA Finals berth this year. Uh, so I mean, that's awesome. You know, I guess I have to ask the question: What was your favorite Bradley Center memory? Oh God. <laughs> Uh, all right, all right, Bart. Um, <laughs> my favorite Bradley Center memory. Uh, it, it Shay, probably, shout out Bart um, Winkler, uh, friend of the podcast. Um, yeah, yeah, shout out to Winks. Um, let's. I you know I will say it was probably Game Four of. Oh no, yeah, I, I'll go with the Game Four. Jared Bayless, uh, the layup to beat Chicago. Um, and so we didn't get swept, and then we we had a good, that was a decent series. Um, so I, I'll go I'll go with the Jared Bayless game winner uh, in the in the Bradley. As my favorite memory, I don't, I don't know what what year that was. Uh, playoffs. It might have been fourteen. 15. Were you there for it though? Yeah. I was, oh yeah, I was there. I was there. Nice. Yeah. I don't. It was had to be around there because I was in college. I remember watching that. That's a good memory to have at the at the BC. I'll give you that. I I told him I I don't have a favorite memory. I don't think I ever really. I mean, I saw. Yeah, I saw a win against Toronto there. Saw a win against. Boston there they were good Jabari's return was a lot of fun actually that was a good game so there's some there's some memories there but uh glad to see that fucker torn down for sure um all right so I think let's just transition right into this series that was <laughs> the uh the gentleman's sweep as everybody loves to call it a 4-1 victory for the Bucks you you open the podcast by saying there was uh no surprises from what the Bucks did is they sh- they did what they've shown all year. Uh, so if I, if I'm going to take that correctly, so you weren't nervous after Game One. You thought we were going to rebound, and then if you did, did you think we were going to rebound this well and kind of win four in a row? Yeah. So I'm I'm not gonna lie. So I actually took a bet. Uh, one of my buddies uh, bet me some money after Game One. We were down 0-1, and I yeah, and I glad it was almost like we. I was so glad because it was like, wow, I can't believe I just suckered my suckered this guy into some money because we went because we went down 0-1. 
Um, I said initially, so I do Snapchat and Instagram, and I'll, I'll, I'll talk about the Bucks on there generally. Um, I wanted to pick Milwaukee in five. I ended up in this, picking them in six uh, before the series started. Game one didn't, I, you know, I, I, was, I was really upset because of the way we played, and it, and it wasn't anything that Boston did because we knew what Boston was going to do with the pick and pops and, and how they, they schemed this. And they skipped, I will say, they schemed Giannis very well, uh, building the wall, and it was something that, you know, I don't want to say we weren't, I don't want to say we weren't even prepared for what they were going to do, especially offensively. We knew what they were going to do, and I was really upset with Bud for not, adjusting to it at all and he, he, he didn't so that was really a loss you know I, I think 90 percent of that lost game one was on bud and so not i really felt like yeah if we just come out and adjust for game two and, and the series going forward we'll be fine and, and we'll be okay it, it was really just the main point of going ahead and making the adjustments and we did them and uh and yeah so i i I, did, I really wasn't all that worried the only thing it, it did worry me a little bit that you know the series might go a little bit longer than um than anticipated but uh, and I was like, wow, this really might be a six or seven game series. But uh, but no, I wasn't worried at all. We we turned it around and, and, and we did it in, in dramatic fashion. And especially uh, that game two, um, twenty some point win. It was it was huge and it was bigger than their game one win because you know realistically, Boss is a team that has a a, a, a fragile mental. And they, you know, that's a fractured team. You know, they 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 can start finger pointing, you know, very quickly. And uh, and I, I figured that was going to happen, especially if we came down and really took it to them in game two. And, and you know, so game one really looked more like a wake-up call than, than Boston coming in and, and imposing their will. Um, and then especially when we went back in game three and, and took home court back, yeah, it, it was a matter of time. You know, they, they, they were ready to fall apart. And as uh, Chuck and Shaq like to say, it's one, two, three Cancun. They were, they were, they, they were out of it pretty, pretty early. Yeah. I mean, those are all really good points, you know, and I, I wasn't. I I was worried. I'm gonna be completely honest here. I I wasn't sure that it was in the bag. Like some people were. Bart, when he was on my podcast, you know, he he sounded very confident in the team. And I'm and don't take this as you know, I'm not confident in my Bucks team. But like, I've just been hurt so many times by this team before with expectations higher than normal, not living up to them. I thought this could have easily been one of those years. You know, we make it out of the out of the first round, and then of course we we blow it up in the second. But you know, I just. It felt so good. I just feel like finally it validated my love for this team. But um, I would have taken, I would have taken a bet against the Bucks, or I would have at least taken a spread probably um, against them in Game Three. I thought I just expected them to get one more because I I expected their talent or at least Kyrie's talent to overtake himself. Of like he's actually going to drop forty in a game or do what he did against the Pacers and have a big fourth quarter to bring him back into it. And we never saw that, you know, kudos to Bledsoe Hill um, and whoever was guard was uh, charged with guarding him on any given play because they really did a really good job of keeping him in check, making life hard for him and not really giving him any easy shots. And I thought that was really good. So that was really my only fear is I was kind of just waiting for that Kyrie rebound game uh, that never came really. And to your point about this team pointing fingers, this Boston's team pointing fingers at everybody, you know, I, I just expected people, human beings who are that hyper competitive to get the fuck over it. 
And I did, they just never did. And it really shows their immaturity as well as Brad Stevens inability to, to roll it, rein it in. And I'm not saying that any of this was going to really help them beat the bucks. I still thought the bucks were going to win just in more games. Um, so please don't read into that, but the bucks, they were unstoppable. I mean, the only reason we lost that first game was really just at least by why we lost by that margin was poor shooting night. So we didn't see that again. And of course we didn't see a loss again. Right. Exactly. No, that, that that's exactly the, 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 the point we're talking about is that, you know, the bucks adjusted, they did what they had to do. And, um, yeah, I, I, you know, that, that it's interesting that, you know, that you, that you were a, a little bit worried. Um, and I, I get that, that, you know, people are, are kind of, uh, if you've been a lifelong Bucks fan, I could see how that happens. I have a buddy, you know, a couple of buddies that are that are from Milwaukee, and they are, they were lifelong Bucks fans. And you know, he was telling me that oh, you know, getting past the first round was huge. That would this season is a success because they made it past the first round. And I'm like, dude, we just won 60 games. Getting past the first round is, I mean, that's cool. And especially we beat Detroit. No, I'm 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 not super excited. I mean, that's what we should have done. And um, and so now I. I I, I, I can say now that well, no matter what happens moving forward that the season is a success, but you had to – to me, you win 60 games, you win 45 by double digits, you lose back-to-back only once, um, and the only team you lose to twice I think was Phoenix, you know, so that's a fluke. You you got to get past – you got to get to the Eastern Conference Finals at least. You're that good. So um, And to your point about, uh, about Boston um, pointing fingers and, and getting over it, you know, I, I get that, and I would think, you know, in ways I would think that as well. But so I played football at Howard uh, in undergrad, and you know, we and I played, and we, we weren't all that good, but I played um, in high school. We had a, our, we were a top ten powerhouse. Shout out to Mount Tabor, uh, go Spartans! But um, people, they athletes are human beings too, and it, it doesn't matter what level from the junior levels or the small to all the way up to the pros. They're human beings, and they and and you talk about being so hyper competitive. I think that makes sometimes their egos and 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 their mental you know ability even they're even more fragile because it is so hyper competitive. And yeah, they should get over it, but a lot of times they don't, and they really don't if you don't have a strong leader to get people to get the fuck over it. And sometimes that that's an issue. And and that was you talk about the immaturity, Boston immature because their leader. You go as your leader goes, and Giannis. As leader of the Bucks, has a mentality that I'm fearless, I'm unstoppable, I dominate. Kyrie, you saw it in his press, and you you see it in in you know I, I make fun of Giannis a lot in his press conferences and, and stuff he wears. Like he wears, uh, he's always in the, in the goofy jumpsuits, and like I'm like, dude, like you got a lot of money to be wearing the same Nike jumpsuits all on every every other game. But you know, it's his his thing is all about winning. I don't care about any of the other stuff. I want to win. Kyrie kind of has some other, you know, like. And it was it signaled to me he was immature when he left uh, initially to go to Boston when he left LeBron and, and trying to be the man or something which you know that that's fine you know if that's what you want to do I, I just didn't I just didn't understand it and he wasn't ready for that moment he wasn't ready for that spot and you know I'm, I believe now he has realized that and that's why a lot of people are saying he's going to leave uh, again. Uh, those were some uh, really good takes. I was definitely listening in there. I had a couple of like, oh yeah, all right. No, I liked that. That was great. I. I don't even really have much to say back to that, especially in disagreement at all. Um, I do, yeah. I think Kyrie's going to leave. Uh, if you're listening to this, you can go back and hear any of my other podcasts this year. I have been preaching that Boston was better without Kyrie and that they should have traded him prior to the trade deadline. So you can check the Carfax on that one. Um, but 
yeah, I mean, we'll see what happens there. I think I honestly think the Bucks off season is going to be way more interesting because of the many multiple pieces that Horace has to worry about, and uh, we'll get to that I think after this fun playoff run that we're in right now. But uh, overall, yeah, I mean, I think it's been it's just been great, and this series is awesome for us. And I, I want to ask the question on your opinion on on some of the disrespect that. And- we're getting from a national media standpoint, whether it's Paul Pierce saying the series is over after one game, Ryan Hollins, who's just trolling a team uh, and anybody else. that's just putting all the attention on Boston, especially now that it's over. I still see articles and kind of just like we talked about, like what's going to happen next with Boston rather than, wow, look how good that Milwaukee Bucks team is. So I, I just, just want to say I, um, initially, I don't think people are, I, I get it. And, and I had this conversation the other day with, with, a, with a buddy it's fine that, you know, I know a lot of people want to talk about this playoff run, and it's important, but equally as important is, and well, maybe not equally as important, but it is, it, it's fine to sometimes look forward and, and think about what's going to happen uh, this offseason, you know, just because as, as fans, you know, a lot of times we like to just live in the moment and only talk about the moment, and we talk, and we did talk a lot, I, I know on Twitter, and, you know, it was big, always talking about what Chris Milton's going to do, and who's going to sign who over offseason, but now everybody's kind of geared in on this playoff run, and they try and kind of shut you up if you say anything about, well, let's talk about the offseason. I get it, I, I just wanted to make that point in there that, you know, I think it's cool to continue to talk about that kind of stuff, because in John, John Horace, I mean, there's no way he can just live in the moment, because there are 20-some other teams right now, who are out of the playoffs, and they—they they, the only thing they're thinking about is what they're going to do next year. So you have to, even being in the moment, you got to, and I, I get it, we're fans, it's not like we can do anything anyway, but I'm just always thinking about, you know, what's coming next and, and what we can do and, and what we're going to be able to keep. But anyway, to answer your question, um, the national media, man, <sighs> Ryan Hollins, I, I don't even have, I don't have any respect for, for him. Paul Pierce, and here's so one. Paul Pierce wants to be, in my opinion, this that this is all me. And like you said, feel free to disagree with me because I, I say a lot of shit people don't like. Paul Pierce is he wants to be Charles Barkley, but ESPN NBA Countdown is not the same show as TNT Inside the NBA. So he thinks he's funny. He's not. It's not funny. It's not. It's just not as funny. And the show isn't as good. You know, make your point if you want to make an actual basketball point, make it. But don't say stupid stuff because you're not Chuck. Um, Ron Hollins, you know, just point out in people in particular, you know, come on, man. I mean, tr- I mean, I, I get it. People want to make a name and that, that gets your name in the conversation. We're having the conversation right now. People, that gets people talking about you. He looks stupid, but so does Skip Bayless a lot of times. So does Colin Coward a lot of times. The Coward said some stupid stuff too. So does, you know, Max Kellerman, Steve, you can go down the list. They, they have to say outlandish things for people to pay attention to them. So I get it. Ryan Holland's trying to ride Giannis's coattails to a bigger paycheck at ESPN or FS, whatever. Fine. You know, I, you know it's stupid if that's how you're going to do it. And we can also talk about, because I'm never going to let this guy off the hook, Gary Woeful. He's a scrub. He's a bum. And if I ever see Gary, uh, no. But, you know, he, he, he's a joke too, man. I, I'm, I'm the all scrubs, man. I, like, I don't have time for it. I don't want to hear it. And then there, you know, it, it's whatever. But, you know. I will say that that being misinformed and talking about Boston and Milwaukee, and especially talking about Milwaukee, excuse me, in particular, is because like a lot of people they don't watch. And if you and guess what, if you and I say this all the time, those people. And I will say Nick Wright can shout out to him for for always being on the Milwaukee bandwagon. But even him, it's it, you're just making he's making a take, and he's like, I'm going to stick with this take no matter what. I'm going down the ship. 
Same with all those guys. Whatever take they make, they go. They want to go down with that ship because that's because their listeners listen to it. But you know, if if you think about that show, uh, I think there one of the shows called Get Up or Jalen Rose and those guys, and and you know, first things first, whatever. You mm-hmm. get up at six in the morning, or excuse me, excuse me, your show starts at six or eight in the morning. You get to the studio at six in the morning. You that means you go. That means you wake up at what four. You can't watch all the games every night. You are relying on whoever brings you the stats or what's going on because there's no way to be that alert in the morning. I'm barely alert, and I don't get to work till eight thirty nine. You, there's no way you can you can literally be that be up and alert and have watched everything from the night before and be up in the morning to go start talking about basketball. And not only are you talking about basketball, they're talking about football. They're talking about the off season in. They're talking about every sport. There's no way you can do it. So they're speaking from misinformed opinions anyway, and they're just talking heads. So, you know, it, it's it's whatever. It does annoy me at some point. But I'll say this, too, and then I'll shut up because I've been going for I always get on rants. You're good, bro. You're good. <laughs> the media pumped up Boston to be like this super team. And Colin Coward is one of the main ones. But they pumped them up to be the super team. Oh, when the playoffs start, they're going to turn it on. This is what they do. Kyrie said that, you know, it doesn't matter what you know. Well, I, I don't worry. I got this for when the, when the postseason starts, and and that's well and good. So all I will say is, it's you're right. There should be talk about how good Milwaukee is, and everybody should be talking about how Milwaukee's a juggernaut and and they dominated Boston through the series. But what I don't want people to do is marginalize what they thought Boston was, because a lot of people said not only screw just beat Milwaukee, people said Boston was the most talented team in the East. So I want you to continue that wave. I, what I really don't want to talk about is the the how Boston imploded. Tell me how Boston was so damn good and Milwaukee still beat them. And not only did they beat them, they we dominated that entire series outside of game one, which now looks like more of a fluke than anything. Like not only is it a gentleman sweep, but it was you won game one. It wasn't like you won one in the middle. You won the first game, which means like Milwaukee just really wasn't ready to play game one and then they came out and kicked your ass when they felt like it. So no, I want you to continue to keep Boston. You know, what I really want you to keep Boston on that pedestal and tell me, you know, how Milwaukee beat them because they they were so good. That so that's if anything, I'm, that's what I'm more disappointed in is that they are breaking down how Boston is. You know, all of a sudden this faltered in team instead, or, or you know, this this team that you know couldn't get it together outside of. No, this team was together. This is what they were. This is what you said they were. You told me they were the best team in the ba- in basketball, and they got the ass kicked by a better team in basketball. That's what this should really be about. And I think all of that's totally fair. I think from a talking head's point of view, I completely agree. Uh, shout out Nick Wright. I do really enjoy his takes, but that guy, uh, or I guess Nick, got his uh, rise to fame, I guess, being the LeBron in the LeBron-MJ argument. He would always come on. Uh, you know, the Colin Cowherd show to defend LeBron in that argument uh, and talk about how he's the best player in the NBA and the best player in NBA history and all that stuff, which which is a hot take in itself, depending on which side you fall on that 50-50 one-sided or not one-sided argument. Like, And it's a pointless argument because you'll never prove it. So, you know, people like that, I, I don't necessarily, I, I, I like to hear people say it. I love, you know, listening to Nick talk about it. He's a very well-educated man, does have a lot of stats. He's able to recall it very well, especially at six in the morning when his show is, um, as you already noted. But I think like, and, and I think he hit it right on the head. Like my issue isn't that 
you're talking about Boston. I agree. It's probably more interesting to talk about Boston. There's drama. There's what ifs going on there. There's not a lot with the Bucks that's enticing or kind of mouthwatering when you think about it from an entertainment standpoint because they're just really freaking good. They enjoy playing with each other. They're unselfish. It's kind of like when the Spurs were great. Nobody really talked about it because they ran a good pick and roll offense. It was rather boring to watch unless you were like an NBA fan or a Spurs fan, I suppose. And, you know, they didn't get a lot of airtime either. So I, I understand that. My and my issue is, is with exactly what you said. You're not talking about why Milwaukee was able to beat the most talented team in the East. Some people said in the NBA uh, and you're not explaining how how they really weren't able to get past Milwaukee's defense and they weren't able to defend Giannis because Al Horford was fouling all the time or anything like that. It's it's they imploded. Kyrie wasn't a good leader. Brad Stevens isn't a good coach anymore, apparently. Um, and you look at all this stuff and it's just it's basically just ignoring the fact that people were wrong. And I'm not denying the talent on Boston. I think. I think uh, Jalen Brown and Jason Tatum both have some great talent and will be good players one day, but just talk about it and be like, you know, I was wrong. Here's why. Here's what Coach Bud did and things of that nature instead of just saying, oh, they imploded. They don't know how to play together. Yeah, that's been the narrative all year. Now you're finally picking it back up again because it fits yours. So I don't know. That's what bothers me, I think, the most about the national media. And Ryan Hollins doesn't bother me at all. I kind of find it entertaining because it's like, okay, we get it. Like, I get he's fucking with us now, so I don't really care anymore. Uh, Gary Wolfel uh, had an interesting conversation with Bart Winkler about him. I imagine the man's a nice human being, but I think he's just salty as can be. So, I don't know. Overall, I think I think we'll get our due when we win at least the Eastern Conference Finals and get our finals berth. Um so let's look. Let's actually look ahead to the Eastern Conference Finals here, Trey. And you know the Sixers Raptors game six is going on right now. Uh, Philadelphia is up sixty four fifty one current score. Um, so who do you want? Do you want Toronto or you want Philly? Uh, I, I want Philly. Uh, <laughs> I would love to play Philly. I've said that for a while now. I was one. I wanted Boston. You know that was because then just just going back for one second on the point. Um, you're right, Boston. The thing about Boston was, if you had watched them all year, those were the talking points. You're you're exactly right. They were imploding. They didn't have a great mental. But if you took the position that they would turn it on, then I guess you would be surprised that in the playoffs it didn't turn on for them and that they reverted back to what they were. So that was my thing the entire time. The points now are correct about, and it's I don't want to say Boston imploding, but they kind of did. I mean, but they were. That was them for the year. So it wasn't like they just imploded, you know, when this playoff series started with Milwaukee. That was what they showed you all year. The regular season, I know people like to say it doesn't matter, but in this series, at least, it did. Now, moving forward, like I said, I, of course, I, I want Philly because that team is, is even – I wanted them when, – when we talked about them, when I was talking about wanting them, it was at full strength. Right now, I'm talking about wanting them, and they are not at full strength. Joel Embiid is a hobble man. I haven't watched uh, much of the game uh, t- tonight, but Joel Embiid, he has, what, one or two good, great games? If in a seven-game series, he's going he's gonna to give me two good games? And if that's all you got, please bring bring it on. If, that, if that's what it is, bring it on. Because And one of the things I, I love about the matchup um, with uh, Philly is Ben Simmons regularly just isn't – 
it, he, he he really does. I don't know what he does. I don't. I really. I I never have figured out what he is. What he does. He's a. You know. There's one thing in being a point forward or being a point guard. He's not either. He's just the guy that brings the ball up the court, and then he turns into like he goes into like the dunker position and stands on. The, I just don't know what he does. So to me, he's a he's a wasted asset offensively, and it and a lot of times it's one of his biggest strengths is he can defend very well. But he can't defend Giannis, so it, it really so his, his his purpose out there, it, it I just don't understand it. So he he's not gonna be a factor at all, in my opinion. Joel Embiid, like he's I mean, he's one of the most dominant big men. He is probably the most dominant big man in the game. But he doesn't he does I, I don't know that I'm gonna see him seven games. I don't know if I'll see him in a, if it's six games. I don't know that I see him in six. I if we were betting right now, I would say he would miss at least one game of this series. Um, or, or he would be extremely hobbled in one game of the series. And, and that severely hurts them because the issues are, and this was the same issue with Boston, is you're not going to have a person on the court anywhere close to what Giannis is. And Joel Embiid, is, is, he's, not clo- he's not a superstar yet. He's not on my superstar list. But he's kind of close to something you know, that, he, that uh, Giannis is as far as being, that status. But he's just not good enough. Um, and then when you talk about they added Jimmy Butler and Tobias Harris, you know, it's tough to implement those guys uh, into a, a roster that late and still want to compete uh, for championships. So kudos to them really for, you know, for, for staying in this with, with Toronto so long. Uh, if they can push it to seven games, I, I'm, I would actually be surprised. It looks like they right now they're on their way to doing that. But, you know, um, I've never been a huge Tobias guy. I know Bucks fans, you know, got all upset when we traded him. You know, guys score – it. Everybody scores in the league. That you know, there are a lot of guys that can score on bad teams. There are a lot of guys that if you give them shots all every night, yeah, they'll put up twenty points. And Tobias to me is one of those guys that, yeah, if you put him in on the Clippers where there's not a ton of offensive talent out there, you know, and you saw that this year they play with just a lot of grit and passion. Yeah, you put an actual you know a guy that can shoot the ball over there and he's a little bit athletic. He's gonna put up some points, and that's kind of what he's done, and that's what he's done. You know, everywhere he went. He was in Orlando. He puts up points, uh, or was it or Detroit? Wherever it was, he puts up points. And and but you put him on a good team, and that you know it, it doesn't look as good. You know, instead of putting up twenty a game, he's putting up ten when you got when you got to share the ball on, on a team that he isn't anywhere close to being the focal point of the offense. So I think Jimmy Butler's really good because these games when you come talk about coming down to the wire, because that was one of Philly's issues and problems last year was when these games were down to the wire, they didn't know where to go. They turned the ball over, um, and, and that's ultimately what, what cost them, you know, their playoff uh, series last year. But, you know, I, so I do like the addition of, of Jimmy Butler um, on that team. But, you know, look at their bench. It's it's Mike Scott and, you know, and what T.J. McConnell. I, I don't know what, what they have on, as far as the bench. When you look at Milwaukee's depth, it's outrageous. I think we're that much better than Philly. It's not even close. I would almost – I would give them the same Boston treatment. I would say that might be a five or six game series. And then if you look at Toronto, uh, I think Toronto's a very good basketball team. And Kawhi is, you know, he is, he is, uh, he is serious. He's a serious competitor. And I like what they got in Pascal Siakam. Um, I still think, I think that could be a six or seven game series. I would probably pick Milwaukee in either of those series, but um, I'm not probably, I would pick Milwaukee in either of the series. So I'm, I'm telling you now, Milwaukee's coming out of the East, but um yeah, I would definitely much rather play Philadelphia. Yeah, I I completely agree. Uh, I want Philly. I want Philly for two reasons. So I think I think a lot of what you said was true. It was great points. And when you look at our history, like when you look at when we've played, 
we match up really well against them. You hit on all of the same points that I think I would agree with. I Joel Embiid, I completely agree, is one of the best big men in the game right now, if not the best when he is fully healthy. Ben Simmons is just he's a very interesting character. He's a character study, I feel like, as an NBA player, being so tall and large um, and playing point guard, which is fine. But then, like, no outside shot. He does drive to the basket well, I believe, usually because he's guarded by a smaller point guard. Um, and I, I don't see the value in that. Jimmy Butler, I, I respect his game. I think he's he, he's a really solid basketball player. Tobias Harris, again, I think a, a well-rounded basketball player. I don't think he's necessarily a star uh, in the in the sense of like a LeBron, Giannis, Kyrie, Kemba kind of aspect. But I think he's a great number two on a team. So I think he may be overvalued right now, especially is kind of like what you hit on. Uh, but the main reason I want them is just to freaking beat him in the playoffs. Philly fans suck. People talk about Philly all the time on national media and how good they're going to be. They were they were like favored over the Bucks in the preseason or whatever. And it's to me, it's like it's just another stepping stone. I think is a good word. Just as Boston was to me of like a proving point of like we're better than them. Let me prove it to you. Took five games. Let's go to Philly. Hey, we're better than them too. That also took five games, we'll call it. Then you get to the finals, and you could be playing essentially what would be one of the greatest dynasties in recent memory in the NBA of the Golden State Warriors, assuming they make it out. And that is, again, another proving point for this Milwaukee Bucks team and Giannis himself to say, I am better than all of these players. Find somebody who is as good as I am. Um, So I want Philly for those reasons. Not only that, but Toronto, and I think you you hit on a lot of the same points I agree with, that they are an overall better basketball team than Philly, so they they offer a bit more challenges. Pascal Siakam has had a great year. Um, you know, he's had, he's improved drastically and is proving actually to be a great NBA starter. Kawhi Leonard, as you mentioned, is just he's calm, cool, he's collected. Um Everybody talks about his emotionalness, but I think it's just he's out there to do the same thing. Kind of Giannis is he's out there to win, play defense, and he's won an NBA championship before, so he has the experience of going down this stretch. So that makes me a little nervous too. Kyle Lowry is garbage. We all know that. Uh, Danny Green has the uh, ability to go off uh, as well. And then I think you look at the Raptors bench, and it's just deeper. Fred Fred Van Vliet has been uh, a wonderful surprise, I think, as if you're a Raptors fan, or maybe not if you've known about him for a while, but he comes off the bench and can be a, a quick spark and do a lot of scoring. I feel like he's done that against the Bucks a lot. Uh, Serge Ibaka, a solid defensive presence, and then careful because Lin Sanity could come. Um, but overall, I think uh, I think I want Philly, you know, for all of those points. Uh, and to your point, yeah, Philly doesn't have a bench. I mean, I don't think you could name. Let's actually test. Can you name more than three players? On Philadelphia's bench. On um, Philly's bench. Um, yep, no yeah. cheating. McConnell, uh, Mike Scott. No, I wouldn't cheat you. And uh, Boban and Moose, Greg Monroe. Damn it! <laughs> yeah, you got it. You got four. Perfect. <laughs> oh, poor Greg. At least he made a good playoff run this year. Now I'm trying to think. Uh, who else? Uh, yeah, Boban, Ennis, the third. Um, he, Greg was deep. He, he, he got some burn. I was, uh, yeah. Ennis, I, yeah, that's okay. Yeah. He will be, when you look back at his career, it'll be a very interesting, he'll be a very interesting character study on like the center evolution in the NBA. 
And it, it, you can almost run it parallel to what Blake Griffin has done, who who I would say I would say Blake and uh, Greg both have very similar games to begin with. And you'll you'll see how like Blake evolved it to the new way of the NBA and is still a, a is still a pseudo star, whereas Greg, who was, you know, a solid star next to Andre Drummond, has now fallen to playing on, you know, multiple different teams in a season. Yeah, no, I, I agree hundred percent. That is that is an interesting point about um thought about this uh a lot that, you know, he Greg Monroe, um, guys like that, the NBA changed and they did not. I remember of course, as you do, how excited we were when Monroe, uh, when Jason Kidd, and shout out to Jason Kidd, even though I'm not going to get into this, but uh, when we he brought, um, he, he was the reason Monroe, Greg Monroe came, and uh, we were all excited and, and thought that was going to be a difference maker, and I, I remember one of my other. Not only reason. But, now, but I, I think he, he, Jason Kidd was a huge re- I don't think, but like, I don't think Monroe sits down with, uh, I don't think Monroe comes without Jason Kidd. I I, I will say that right now. I, don't, I think Kidd was the reason was one of the main reasons why Greg Monroe was interested in in coming to uh, Milwaukee. But um, I forgot where I was going now. But uh, but no, I'll say one of my favorite Bradley Center moments was uh, the Moose closing uh, closing down. It was Golden State the year I think Golden State was twenty four and zero, uh, and Moose that which could be my favorite Bradley Center moment. But the Moose was like huge yep. the late in that fourth quarter, just and it was just funny because they, you know, Golden State was already in this new age NBA era, and they had no answers for Moose just backing them down late in that game and closing that game out. It was that was something to see. That's that's a solid BC memory. Twenty four and one shirts and uh, the the center going wild. Um, that's crazy. All right. Uh, I think that's enough on, on the Eastern conference. I think we've kind of hit on all the points, uh, at least until we get to game one of it. Um, but let's look ahead with the presumption that we win the Eastern conference finals. We're moving on to the NBA finals. Cheer, cheer. Woo, woo. Here we go. Um, who do you want? Do you want the Warriors or do you want Houston? Maybe Denver. I mean, you know, we don't really know who's coming out of there yet. Um, but who do you want? Uh, and then I'll just, uh, a second question to that is then who do you think we would have the best chance to win against if they're not the same team? Okay. Um, who do I want? I, to me, and I know a lot of people love to say, I want I want to go through the toughest, I want the, the battle of, of who, who's, who's who, and we're going to go through the gauntlet. Yeah, I want to win. I don't care who is out there. Like, I, I'm, I'm going to tell you something, to be honest, I, and I saw a lot of Bucks fans, I saw a lot of people in general, when they saw that KD just had a calf strain, and it's going to sound bad, but, you know, I, again, I don't want anybody to get hurt, but shit, if he's out for the rest of the year, like my immediate first thought was, if he well, if he was gonna be out, my first thought was, damn, we just won the title. Like, I, what my thought wasn't about, you know, he, he'll get over. He's getting paid. He's getting paid a lot of money. He, he will figure it out. It's not life threatening. So, I mean, if it was his Achilles, he, he'll 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 be okay. I promise you. So, um, my first thought was about winning, um, and that's always my first thought. Um, but uh, prayers up. Hope Katie's okay. Um, who do I want? I think the weakest team out there. I think the team we beat easiest. T's and P's. T's and P's. What did you say? Uh, nothing. Just T's and P's. Thoughts and prayers. Thoughts and prayers. Oh, yeah. <laughs> right. Yeah, okay. T's and P's. Um, <laughs> um, yeah, the, the easiest team to me uh, to, to beat out in the West is, I would think, I, I honestly, I think we match up the best with Denver. I think we, we I, I really think we would beat Denver in, I don't know that we'd sweep them. I think we'd beat them in five. Um, after that, I probably would say Portland and then Houston and then uh, Golden State. Uh, all that said, I think the winner – so KD's out for the rest of the series. 
in Houston. I think the winner of obviously I think the winner of that game of that series is going to come out of the West. I, I I just have a hard time going against Golden State and saying it won't be Golden State. So until I'm proven otherwise, until it's proven otherwise, I'm going to say it's probably going to be Golden State who we play. Um, you know, and I think I, I really think we have a shot at beating, especially with a hobbled KD or, or not. I don't say hobbled, but not 100% KD, which the, a calf strain is a tough injury to get over. That's a three to six week injury. The finals are slated to start, um, I believe, May 30th. So, so um, he would still be in that timeline of not being 100%. I don't know that he'll be 100% at any time for the rest of this uh, rest of this playoffs. So, I, I, you know, I, yeah, I think we'll, I think we'll have a chance, um, and you know, it would be fun. Uh, I forgot was that the second, I think yeah, that was the second part of your question was who do I think is going to get out? So yeah, I think Golden State will get out. And um, and we'll we'll take it from there and see what we have to do. It's gonna be yeah, that's gonna be a tall tall task to uh, to to dismantle the champions with or without KD. Because um, again, that was a that was a really good team. And I also want to want to add that I'm now on this hype train. Everybody's on this hype train that KD and especially before the injury was like the the this goat player because you know because of what he's done this playoff run. And I'm like shit, great. He has he's playing with two of the greatest shooters of all time. On running the wings, like what are we talking about here? Like, yeah, like I'm glad he's going off for a bunch. Of, that's great that he's scoring a lot. The defense is game because I just saw in Game Five, Boston double team Giannis pretty much from the tip. You can't do that with KD because if you do, he's kicking it. Somebody's, I mean, you're, you're leaving one of the greatest shooters open possibly, or you're or they're swinging in the and you're rotating trying to go crazy to stop guys, stop some of the greatest shooters in the world from from scoring a basketball. So I mean. Kudos to KD for taking leadership and proving, I guess, that he is, you know, 1A of the superstar while on, on that team while Curry's 1B. But remember, they have a 1B to go to. A lot of teams, Milwaukee, we don't have a 1B. We have a, a, a Giannis is probably the B, and, you know, Chris is, is our de facto 2B at times. Yeah, I – I agree with all of that. I, I think, well, I, so I agree with everything except for this. I want Golden State. Give me the toughest team in the fucking NBA. I don't care who it is. I don't care who's on the team. I don't care how healthy they are. Give me the best team at the time. If that's Houston and they get through Golden State because Katie's hurt, well, too, too freaking bad. Um, but I want the best team. I want to beat the best team uh, because I don't want this narrative of, oh, the Milwaukee Bucks, their championship was because Katie got hurt or, you know, James Harden's eye got poked out by Draymond Green's penis. I, you know, I don't really care. I just want to win. So I want to beat the best team. Yeah, but 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 oh, oh well that oh well that that that, that that's, that's what happened. But the but I guarantee you the ring will not the, the ring that that Milwaukee gets the banner that's raised will not say they beat KD or they beat an injured Golden State. It, it will say 2019 NBA champions, and that, to me, is all I care about. You can cry a river with whoever, whatever you want to cry about as to who was the best, who played who and who was hurt and who did this. Nobody says that. Nobody – I'll give you one. People might mention it, but nobody acts like Golden State didn't win the finals last year. They were down 3-1. They had a – in a game seven, Chris Paul didn't play. Nobody talks about – Houston, pro- I'm not. I believe Houston beats Golden State last year. Chris Paul plays. Chris Paul didn't play, and so, but nobody says, ah, oh, well, that that one doesn't count. No, they add that to the dynasty that is the Golden State Warriors. Fair enough. That is a solid counterpoint. Uh, you're a good lawyer, sir. Um, but 
I will say that just for my own personal sake, that's the reason <laughs> I want it. Um, uh, so, but I agree with all that. I think you're right. It doesn't okay. take away from the trophy, from the banner, or the addition to the back of the jerseys of the number two now for uh, finals uh, that you've won. So I, I completely agree. And I think I, I still want the Warriors. I still want to beat them. I want to end that dynasty now as we go into this offseason where KD and Clay are free agents. Um, but I think, I think to your point, I really think we have the best chance. Like if we're going to take a four, a seven game series, you know, I want, I would, I would rather have Denver. I think we've proven that they don't have an answer for Giannis. Um, if Jokic has a good game, they might get one, but otherwise I think, you know, I think we're better top to bottom than them and we'll just kind of run, run the floor uh, on them. So, I mean, it's a little preemptive talk just as, uh, obviously we aren't even out of the Eastern, uh, conference yet, but. But I think that, uh, that that pretty much covers that. So uh, let me open the floor, Trey, to you with any last thoughts you want to leave me and the people listening with. Uh, last thoughts, man. I uh, I wish we had more time. That's from a, a a movie. I can't remember which one it is. It's one of my great line, great Denzel line. No, is it a Denzel line? I don't know. Um, no, I, I you know I think the only thing that uh, that I would uh, leave you with. <laughs> Is, is that uh, this has been a hell of a ride um, for Milwaukee. Uh, it's been a great time for the city. We're still on the ride. Um, I, you know, I I can't speak enough about how proud I am of this this basketball team, and um, and you know the city getting behind them and rallying together. And uh, and it's it's an amazing time. I know it, this isn't a, a, uh, an original thought or original point at all, but you know it's crazy that you know this the state of Wisconsin has. They got Aaron Rodgers, which you know, I, you know, I'm a Panthers fan, but you know, I, I recognize, I re- recognize and respect greatness. You got Aaron Rodgers, you got Christian Yelich, who is, who is, you know, one of the, he, he's, he's a hell of a baseball player. He's, he's the MVP, and you got another MVP. Um, Giannis is going to win that. That's, I guess, my point. Giannis uh, should win the MVP this year. Um, I think that I, it would be a travesty if Giannis does not uh, is not crowned MVP at the end of this year um, over James Harden because. Again, you know, when you look at what happened throughout the entirety of the year, um, you can't erase those first 20 games that, you know, or, well, I think I want to say what Houston was like 14 and 13 to start the year. Don't quote me on what it was or whatever it was, but you can't act like that mm-hmm. didn't happen. And you look at what at what Milwaukee did and Milwaukee was just solid throughout. They basically ran the table wire to wire in the NBA. Like, How many times does that happen where, where you literally – you know, especially a team that didn't have like these juggernaut players all over. They weren't Golden State with seventy three wins, but they just dominated the NBA wire to wire, and 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 it was you know and it was largely because um, of Giannis Antetokounmpo. And you had one all. I mean, teams like that should have three all stars, I would think. And you know, but you know, it, but it, again, you know, just talk about the other guys um, outside of Giannis as well, outside the MVP. Um, you know, everybody's just just pitching in, having a great year. I, you know, shout out to George Hill and Pat Connaughton. You know, it's yeah, I, you know, I, I just all these guys that come through, and you know, and every, a lot of people name people on other teams, and they'll say, "Look at this guy and that guy," and they, these names. Like you look at Boston, for instance, like, "Oh, well, they got Jalen Brown and Jason Tatum and Gordon Haywood," and we're talking about Pat Connaughton outplaying those guys. We're talking about George Hill outplaying. Oh, they got Terry Rozier who lit up, uh, you know, Milwaukee last year. We're talking about George Hill who outplayed both Scary Terry and uh, uh, Kyrie Irving. So you know. Kudos to all those guys, and uh, you know I talk a lot about Jason Kidd, but you know I, I recognize that uh, Mike Budenholzer has been a hell of a coach. He should be coach of the year, in my opinion, as well. And I think I think Giannis, I don't know if he'll win Defensive Player of the Year. I, I think he 
I would vote for him defensive player of the year, but he's first team all defense. I think Eric Bledsoe is first team all def- is first team all defense as well. Um, so you know, um, yeah, I, I, I'm just I'm just really excited about the about what Milwaukee's done, and and you know, just I, people need to recognize and appreciate the moment, especially in Milwaukee if you're a Bucks fan, that this is special and what you're watching is special. And you know, who knows if you'll see? I, I think the Bucks will be good for a while as long as you have a Giannis, you're gonna be good. But who knows if you'll see a year? You know, this special. You look at what the Brewers did, you know, last year. You know, it, you know, it was. You could just tell from some point it was just special. And you know, through this year, you know, the Brewers are starting, and of course, they just. I think they won like six or seven in a row. But you know, it, right now, it doesn't feel like what they did last year. And I think the Brewers are gonna be good this year too. Um, but this is a year where everything just started falling into place and feeling really special for Milwaukee. So you got to ride that wave and, and that mojo and that magic. And um, hopefully, we do that all the way to the NBA Finals. Have a parade on Water Street. Hell yeah. Chug many beers. Um, but yeah, I it, to, to add my final thoughts on the end here, uh, they're going to be echoing what Trey just said. Um, enjoy it. I've thought today, you know, how many first-round exits I've seen, how many non-playoff years I've seen. And you need to realize that in – in basketball and in sports, there's going to be more of those seasons than there are going to be these runs that we're on right now. So you really sometimes got to you got to you got to sit back and smell the roses, really enjoy and tip bask in in what you're seeing because because this may not happen next year. You know, there's a lot of uncertainty into the off season. People are free agents and may end up on other teams, and we may be looking at another different roster. Now, Trey, you know, you mentioned a good point of you know we'll always be rather decent as long as Giannis is on the team. He is an all-star. He is the de facto MVP in my book of the NBA this season. So we have chances there. But to make a run like this, to have a solid shot at the finals, to have a a solid odds at winning the finals isn't always going to be the case. So enjoy it. Um, my last thing is whoever we play next, Toronto or Philly, be scared. Because we beat the Boston Celtics with Eric Bledsoe playing like garbage. Brooke Lopez going 0 for 7 last night, and we still won by 20. And if those guys get hot, and George Hill keeps his play up, guys like Patty C are still stepping up. It's not even going to be a contest. So be worried. Be scared, teams. Um, Trey, one last thing. Where can the listeners find you on social media if they're not already following you? So you can always follow me, T-C-I-I-I-E-S-Q on Twitter. That's uh, T-C-3 Esquire. And um, you can follow me on Snapchat, T-C-I-I-Y-E-E-E. So that's uh, three. Yeah, that's two T-C-I-I-Y-E-E. Four E's? I need to check now. Um, oh, goodness. Okay, it's three E's. So it's T-C-I-I-E, three E's. Uh, yeah, follow me on Snapchat. And follow me on Instagram, uh, same thing, T-C-I-I-Y-E-E-E. Um, yeah, so no, that's, uh, and I appreciate you for having me. It's been a pleasure. Uh, and uh, had some fun today, man. Uh, always good talking bucks. Always. I really appreciate you coming on and joining. Uh, and everybody out there listening, thank you for listening. Uh, you know, I wouldn't do this for nobody, so I really appreciate you guys pressing play and listen to us ramble for about a good hour. So, hey, I hope you're enjoying the games. If I see you at a game, stop me, say hello. Uh, let's chug a beer together. Um, let's have some fun while we can uh, and enjoy this time. So, go Bucks! Cheers. <laughs>